In this episode of Full Stack Radio, we talk about managing GitHub issues, the aftermath of the Statomic 3 launch, Tailwind 1.8, headless UI, and we even answer some of our fan questions while racing to finish the recording before my battery dies. This is Full Stack Radio, episode 147. All right. Um, I don't know how to start a podcast. Adam Wathen. Jack McDade. How's it going? We started. That's how we start it. Yeah. That's how it's in. done. All right, so here's something that you can't tell. I totally upgraded my closet recording studio, and it looks the same to you because it's just popping out of my webcam. But I have a desk in here now. I have a desk and like a permanent mic install, and my interface is like... I I don't think I'm hearing your SM7B, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm sure you're recording it, but I don't think I'm hearing it. Oh, yeah, hang on, Scarlett. Uh, Is that better? Can you hear me... Still the same. Still? Come on. Default. Oh, okay. I see. I see. How's that? Still the same. Oh, my gosh. How's that? There we go. There we go. All right. Well, hang on. Hang on. There is a... No, it's not going to work, right? It's not going to work without the loopback? Probably not. No. Probably not. But we're going to try it anyway. You don't hear the sexy saxophone? I don't get it. No. Oh, I was gonna, I was gonna talk up your intro and eh, whatever. Did you Here look at that rogue amoeba, uh, Fandango or Farago? That's what I'm using. Board? Okay, I've got so a soundboard. So yeah, you, re- I tried, you really just I needed tried to buy one. like everything that they make. Yeah, I should, I should have just bought the full bundle. Like, dropped the two hundred, got everything. The ultimate of, podcast bundle. It's only one hundred and seventy-five bucks for that. Like, honestly, I think it's totally worth it. This stuff is fantastic. I, I bet just you buy just one, email them, and, and then just be like, "Hey, I should have bought this other stuff." Okay, and then another, another one, I, and another, another one. one. I wonder what their goes. audio editor is like. Probably Vision. pretty good. Yeah, probably pretty probably. good. They make good stuff. Anyway, right. how you doing, Adam? How's your week or two? How you been? Good, man. How are you? I've been better. I'm not gonna lie. I've been a lot better. Hmm. It's, I don't know if I want to get into it or not, though, you know? Yeah, well, I'm sad to hear that. And (laughs) (laughs) And it's it's all business-related, too. We probably should talk about it at least a little bit. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's just get it out of the way. Let's talk about it. And then then you can pep talk me back to my normal self, all right? Because I'm faking it. I'm totally faking it right now. Okay. Um. So we launched V3 a month ago, pretty yeah. much just about to, to a day. And things have been like pretty, I, I thought they were going pretty, well, they are going pretty good. A lot of people are happy. But I got a, a coordinated cluster of emails this weekend from a number of people in the community, the Statomy community, who were like, we have some concerns. I'm like, oh, damn it. Um, okay, yeah. Right? And, and it's like, here's here's ultimately what it boils down to. So we talked about the sponsorship stuff. And so I've, you know, I, I built out that and all the different things you can get as the, we, we get sponsors. We, I, everybody wanted a roadmap to see what we were working on and like what's coming up next. So I built out the roadmap and we have a lot of open issues. Like as I'm not sure if you realize how big a CMS is, have you ever built one, Adam? By the way, here's a good question. Have I've you never, built a CMS? I've, I've never built like a, a real CMS. You know, I've Don't built, do it. I've built the, the old blog, but not, never the CMS. Sure. No, I've resisted do, that one. 
not do it. There's, you know, they say there's like two hard things in programming. It's like naming things and cache invalidation. Well, it's three. And building it's a build, CMS. Building <laughs> a CMS. <laughs> and I think anybody who's ever built one will agree with you. And yeah. I think it's like capturing lightning in a bottle. If you do it just right at the right time with the right, you know, evangelist, you can blow up, you know, like WordPress mm-hmm. and Ghost and some of these other guys who just got huge. But the rest is a freaking slog, man. And... What it boiled down to, like their their concerns were, we think you're working on the wrong stuff. Okay. We have all these open issues, and you're working on the wrong stuff. You need to be fixing all the bugs. And what they didn't realize, because I don't, you can't tell everything we're doing, is all we're doing is fixing bugs. I put all that stuff out there to show like what we're excited about, what we're going to be doing like later. Yeah. But we're like we wake up, we fix bugs, we answer support questions, we fix bugs, we answer support questions, we go to bed. That's like all we're doing. Yeah, and the gotcha. fact that they feel like we need to do a better job of fixing the bugs like faster is like, well, I've got good news and bad news for you. The good news is we're doing it. We're yeah. on it. Like that's what we're doing. The bad news is we're we're actually already doing it. So I don't know that I can make it much better. In terms of like turnaround time and, and fixing, so yeah, is, do you think it's do you think the main um, grievance is with the fact that they think bugs should be getting fixed faster, or just that they see this roadmap and they think like, oh, they don't care about any of these bugs, like all they care about is you know shoveling more stuff on top instead of right. like, do you think it's that perception, or do you think it's actually? I definitely think the this- perception is probably what uh what warranted the email mm-hmm. what felt like yeah. the, the emails were warranted so there's definitely a perception to communication problem there like a, a mismatch but uh what was the other question the other yeah like or or, or is it just like that the bugs oh, that, that were just not fixed fixed fast, enough. fast yeah. enough yeah so we do three releases a week mm-hmm. on average we've they're pretty much all bug fix releases. We haven't done a 3.1 or anything because there hasn't been any yeah. new features. I think they're just, they, I hate saying like they, like it's they versus us, but you know, it seems like we're not fixing them fast enough as, I guess, what they would expect us to be able to do. And so we must be working on something else. There must be, you know, we must be sure. all, you know, busy building some shiny new feature mm-hmm. that nobody asked for. And, yeah. And that's, I think that's the problem. So, uh. That's so yeah, I mean, I, I you reply to the emails, you try to, you know, I recorded a like a really brutally honest video and put it in our Discord uh, chat, just kind of explaining what I just did there, more or yeah. less. Um, just like, hey, you wanted transparency? Here it is. We're actually doing like literally the best we can. Yeah. And, you know, that's a CMS is a big thing. There is a lot of surface area in a CMS, and totally everybody's. Do. Right, like, like we, we have like five people working on a CSS framework. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, yeah, we yeah. have we have three people uh, working on. You know, it, it it's like a layer that touches every part of the website and 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 the invisible side as well, right? Yeah. To, the, to the end user. Uh, and don't get me wrong, like a lot of people, it like are loving it. You know, just this. A couple of days ago, Mark Bolton and Andy Budd, John Hicks, like OGs of the internet, were all like tweeting about Statomic, how much they love That's it. That's awesome. And that felt so good, you know, when you see smart people you've respected for, you know, like practically two decades are saying like, you built a great thing. You're like, yeah, I built a great thing. And then you get this inbox full of like, 
we need to talk. Thought we were doing a great thing. Do you think it's? I think like something that I've experienced a lot with this sort of thing is a small minority of people seem bigger. You know, when a hundred percent. So if it's four emails that you got, that doesn't mean, even though that maybe is like ninety percent of the Statomic related emails that you got this weekend, doesn't mean that's nine represents ninety percent of customers. You know. Yes, absolutely, um, uh, but the. Uh, on the other side of that, that I'm always a little bit weary of is four people spoke up, had the time to write the email. How many people went, I'm out and just like walked yeah, away. For sure. You know, there's, there's those people too. There are absolutely, for every person complaining, there's 10 people building websites, cranking, launching stuff going like, it works great for me. I've never hit a bug ever. Cause sure. you know, they happen to not use whatever feature has a bug in it. And then someone else might, like all they're doing is multilingual, multi-site bugs with, you know, some combination of complicated features, and they hit a bug every day. Sure. Yeah. That's where the bugs are. Uh-huh. Hypothetically. Sure. But, yeah. 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 Is there? Have you thought about any way to like get people somehow more involved? Is kind of the right word, but like, yeah. how can we make it a collaborative process in terms of helping people feel like they're helping decide what to prioritize in terms of like the bugs that are the most important? Because certainly if there's, most people are probably not running into like 10 bugs every single day that are equally right. frustrating. There's usually like two things that are like the, their big grievances, you know what I mean? Yes. And is there, is there some sort of you know, consistency with what that is from person to person, you know, or is it really just like every person has their own major nitpick and nothing really surfaces to the top or, you know, like, yeah. And that's, that is exactly what I'm trying to figure out. So something I did and seems to actually be helping, uh, was I created a, uh, a GitHub team, uh, a, a triage team. So GitHub has like those permission levels like per repo. Yeah. And I bought a bunch of seats for it. And uh, everyone who said like, hey, is there anything I could do to help? Like, I love to help somehow. And there, and there was, you know, a good handful of people, especially once I started talking about it in Discord and let them know like we're trying, we're trying to figure out how to, how to prioritize better. Because the, you know, it, if we can fix 30, like close 30 issues a day, or sorry, a, a week. <laughs> that would be amazing. Thirty a day. <laughs> if we close thirty a week, or twenty a week, you know, if that if that's a goal, we we could shoot for. If we've closed the right twenty, like in a couple of weeks, we'd be in an incredible place. Like we'd be totally fine. But if we've constantly fixed the wrong twenty, like maybe nobody even notices. So trying to figure out and organize and really determine like what's the pulse on who's hitting these. You know, some of them have been open for a while. So to us, they feel stale. Like maybe nobody cares, but everyone's like, dude, I hit that every day. I hit that every day. Yeah. And so people, so I got four people, I think it was four, volunteered to be on that triage team. And so they'll have access to labeling, like GitHub labels, PR reviews, and all that kind of stuff. And a couple of them started like cranking through the list and like tagging, sorting, closing stuff that they found was duplicates. And it felt nice. Like it was good. It's... Every little bit helps. Yeah. And like being organized definitely helps us put the right, like put the time in the right places. Uh, but again, it's it's still hard to know for sure that you're 
doing everything in the right order. Yeah, definitely. Is there like, I'm looking at GitHub right now, Statomix CMS, I guess is like the repo where you usually collect yeah. this stuff. So it's like 300 issues. Is that yep. like 300 real issues or is it like 300 things are there and a lot of them just like haven't been touched? There's, it's a mix. Like anything that we've decided we're going to do is going to be in there too. So there's some enhancements and there's some kind of feature requests sort of stuff in there. Most of the feature requests we push off to the ideas repo. Yeah. And so there's only, you know, maybe 10 or so things that are in, in the CMS repo. Uh, and so sometimes some of those issues are like questions and we just like haven't gone in and answered them. They're not necessarily bugs. Um, Especially now that you have to pay for support or like you have to have a license to pay or you have to buy a license to have access to support. People are just posting their questions on the repo and hoping to get an answer. Yeah. Which is, it's a reasonable expectation. We try to answer everybody's questions. And yeah, so it's not 300 bugs for sure. And a lot of them, like, you know how some of this stuff goes, like one bug may actually present 20 different ways. So you can close a bunch of issues with one fix. Sure. Yeah. Um, some duplicates in there, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's probably like 200. Yeah. It's so hard to know what to do. Like if I have a hard time even knowing what to use GitHub issues for sometimes, like for the same sort of reason, right? Like, do you just want to capture like bugs? Like treat it as like a help desk and it's like our goal is to be at zero at all times and mm-hmm. anything that isn't something like we want to act on right away because it's like a problem for someone doesn't really belong in this place you know right that's yes. like one way to look at it um and we're trying that right now but i'm still not 100 sure if it's good like tailwind i think is at four issues or something which is fantastic pretty nice but what we're doing instead is every feature request I just push off to GitHub discussions and then I basically don't even see it and I don't acknowledge it. You know what I mean? Uh, so you got like, discussions enabled. I've been yeah. requesting that since before it was out. Yeah. Well, I could, I could probably pull some strings there. I have some, some contacts. You have some clout. Yeah. yeah. Um, Autumn has clout. Yes. But I don't, I, I don't know that that really solves the problem. Like, no, it, it, it depends yeah. how much of the problem is like people seeing why are you talking about new features when there's a triple digit number next to your issues? So like if it's right. really just like that, 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 then that can help as a solution to that. Basically sweep it under the rug, not really sweep it under the rug, but like, just like basically acknowledge that people you treat, interpret this as a signal of something that it's not really a signal of. And let's make it like an accurate representation, you know, yes. by like only putting real show stopping, like the site crashes whenever I, try to drag a JPEG into this thing instead right. of a PNG or whatever, you know? Right, exactly. Um, but, yeah, at the same time, there's also just, like, there's three of you. You have to push new stuff forward and fix bugs and do customer support, and uh, that's just, like, a crazy amount of things coming, like, down the assembly line for three people to be trying to take off the assembly yeah. line before, like, they all start piling up at the end, right? Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's a really hard problem because I don't think like magically having five more people on the team solves it necessarily either. <laughs> I mean, at least right. not, not qu- necessarily. Not quickly. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's so, like the, the age old developer problem, right? So if three of us built all of these features, 
we hired three more people. Those three people are going to be asking us how to, you know, how this feature works. Yeah. How's that person? How's this thing mm-hmm. work? And where does that go? And for a while, you don't make any like notable progress. You're just training. And yeah, I don't know, man. And in I the f- long run, that's that's a solution, but it does not help in the short term. I feel like the only thing that I could think to even do is just try and find out what people are most mad about and uh, just grind through it and hope that you can see four weeks from now that the sentiment is changed, you know? Yeah. And at least then be able to say, okay, that approach does work, you know, of just like prioritizing stuff. And if people are still not happy, then at least you've tried one thing and you can figure Mm -hmm. out like, what is the real (laughs) kind of thing that's like making, and all that to say, I bet you too, 99% of people are not uh, upset, right? The thing is, it's like with any tool, it's always like, the tough thing is like the people who like kind of get like the most annoyed about things are almost like your best evangelists too because they're usually like the power users they're like the people who like love the yes. tools so much to get upset about it when it, it it's not quite perfect you know like i've yes. been that person for other products in the past you know where it's like i just love this thing so much and there's this one thing that would make it so much better and it's just oh i'm so frustrated you know yeah. um so i think it is important to listen to those people but i think it is also important to try and like remember that um probably most people are also happy you know yeah um, i just don't want to just brush it away just, like can't assume eh, most no. people are happy so we're fine no i don't think that's quo. the way to go but right. i think more just for your own like mental health just to like remind yourself that it's not like the world is on fire and everyone hates what you're doing and like everyone thinks you're dumb and that you build bad things or whatever just because right. like a, a couple power users wish something was done a little bit differently and that doesn't mean that you shouldn't do it but it means you should look at it from this perspective of like i'm not existing in this world of hate (laughs) you know it's like things are yeah people are generally happy and there's stuff for us to improve and i should be proud and happy of the fact that we have lots of happy customers um while also acknowledging that there's things to improve and uh and do better well that Um, was nice I feel I feel inspired, man. It's hard, man. It's I don't know. We all just want to build things, right? Like the people side of things is where it gets like hard, yeah. especially like when you work so hard on stuff like no one it feels like you almost like don't ever get credit for like the things that you worked so hard on to make so good because right. like those work and people just expect that they should work. Of course they should work. Yeah. I shouldn't be emailing you saying, "I can't believe that when you click this button, it saves this to the <laughs> database, even though like there was some like incredibly hard problem in there that no one else could have ever understood unless they tried to build it themselves yep. that you had to solve and make seem like it was easy. Like, no, you don't get any credit for any of that stuff, right? All right, that gets exactly. noticed is the stuff that's like not done yet. And that can be like, just like, let me breathe a little bit, you know, like I'm, it's not that I'm not working. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Exactly. And you, I'm sure you've experienced this uh, probably a thousand times. You release something or you push a big new feature update and replies one, three, and five are all, Hey, this other unrelated thing is broken. Like, can you just like, can you give me like one hour? This This issue has been open for three years. 
Um, yeah. It's like they they realize they see your your light is green. You're online, and they want to like let me get it in real quick. Yeah, let me. I yeah. Just, it's broken. Yeah. Like, just want to make sure you know. Like, oh, like I know. Just, Trust me, I just know. Immediately deflated. Yeah, but we, that's yeah. everybody who's listening who's ever launched a product has felt that. Right. Yeah, I so. would expect so for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think that the the one last thing. Then let's move on. Let's talk about your stuff. I don't have really have a lot more statimic stuff besides we're grounding out bugs. But the the one other thing is I feel I've put so much of myself into the community side of statimic, the people side, that it you know it's it's hard when you feel like maybe you're failing the people side. That's the that thing part. that like you literally are trying really hard to do, and it's like it'd yeah, be one it, thing like, if it was like yeah, I get it. They're annoyed because I like basically ignore them and. Uh, just kind of right. do my own thing and yeah i can understand how that would be annoying but when it's like ugh, i'm like busting my ass to like build this great community and like it's still not enough it's like ugh, yeah. i just want to go become a farmer now <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's true let's um, mow the, those lawns i don't want to mow lawns in florida now that i live here i was <laughs> the, the mowing lawns thing was like the dream uh when i lived in new york but now it's like yeah i uh, could see that like i'm gonna clean like pools <laughs> something you do for four months of the year when the grass is actually growing yeah um, yeah and, anyway yeah. so yeah. yeah that's that's my deal um it'll get better let's check in on it we're working hard yeah yeah definitely i uh i don't know if you come up with a magical system i'd like to know because i still don't know how we should handle github issues in general like part of yeah. me wants to just like go clean them up once in a while another part of me wants to like treat github issues like urgent things like help scout mm-hmm. tickets you know like they're usually not but like i know like taylor for example he the first thing he does every day is get like laravel pull requests down to zero which doesn't always mean zero but it means like actioned like yep this mm-hmm. one is still open and like i'm leaving it open deliberately for a reason not because mm-hmm. i haven't looked at it yet you know got it and i think pull like request that, first yeah, just like he doesn't do any other work until like all that stuff is kind of like caught up. And um, I like the idea of that, but it's uh, it's hard when you are at when you're starting from like being buried in it, you know, like you just yeah. doesn't it sound so nice to just get like caught up and then be able to like have like, you know, 25 issues get opened a week and uh, 18 of them are just like a misunderstanding that you can explain in a comment and like three of them are tiny fixes and like four of them are like breaking things that you accidentally introduced in the release the previous week that you can fix pretty quickly you know like that sounds like a nice world to live in (laughs) when has it ever been like i mean maybe maybe you get a week that's like that but that would be nice that'd be real nice yeah yeah pull requests are tough like they someone can spend five minutes like attempting a fix but then you could spend hours double checking that it's right and like writing the test that they didn't and only to realize like actually the bug or like the the thing you were really trying to do should be solved a different way mm-hmm. and that opens up a can of worms because it now affects this other related thing and you know you want to address the pull request because somebody took the effort to clone the repo work on the thing fork the branch push it up write a note so that one feels way more important yeah. than the issue that someone said dude it's broken mm-hmm so it's I like, don't know. It's tough. It's, it's yeah, tough. It's There's tough. something nice about um, like the Apple mentality of there is no public issue tracker. Like there's a form <laughs> and it comes to us, but you don't know if we're ever going to do anything about it. 
Yeah. And you, you got to believe, like, you know, how, user, you know how many people are frustrated with Apple, though? Like, think about, Every, like, how much hate Apple gets, especially from developers, right? And not that it's unjustified, <sighs> but, like, also recognize that, like, they have so many passionate fans, too, right? So, again, yeah. not, not that you should dismiss any of that stuff, but um, sometimes it's nice to just, like, pick, like, company metaphorically that represents me and interpret their situation objectively where I'm not emotionally invested and then try to translate how I feel about that back to my own company and realize that it's probably more like that than how like I actually feel, you know? Sure. That's fair. Um, yeah. Tough anyway, thing. open anyway. source customers. It'd be nice if we could just build things, put them on the internet for free, somehow make money with no obligation to anyone. And uh, that is the dream. Yeah. You're, you're closer to it than I am, I think, but it's still, you're not living Maybe. in heaven yet. Maybe. Maybe, yeah. Maybe. I mean, our products, our paid products are simple is the nice thing, right? It's HTML yeah. snippets is what we sell currently, which so is... jealous. And so that the jealous. crazy thing is, dude, it's quite a bit of work to make really bulletproof, professional quality HTML oh, snippets. I do. <laughs> Trust me. I respect the hell out of what you guys have built. I have tinkered with, you know, ideas like that in the past and you get couple days in you're like this is way harder than i thought i'm gonna put this on the shelf for a little while yeah. so but you what, deserve... I, what i'm saying is that like you have to do that too that's just like one yeah. tiny part of i know i know yeah we, we also <laughs> you, do that you build a theme for statomic it's expected to be at a certain level of quality and just like yeah. forget making the javascript work forget making it integrate with the cms like it's a lot of work just to make it good in the most simple way so yeah, yeah. i don't know yeah um it's crazy though that I bet you, you built like the first version of Statomic in like four days and uh, it was like this fun <laughs> little tear and it was like, wow, this is so cool. And then like eight years later, it's like we spent the last three years trying to do this like one thing that was like the <laughs> last 0.01% of, you know. Yep. Um, it's close to accurate. I don't know. It is. It's crazy to me how like at this stage and like being a company, it's um, – Every project takes months, you know what I mean? And not because like the company is big or anything like that, but just like, it's like, that's how long it's going to take to like do the things that need to be done. And then I just rem remember when I just used to like build little fun experiments and it's like, how was that even possible? I don't understand. Like, was there like some yeah. like weird glitch in the space-time continuum that allowed me to have like 400 hours to do that right uh, right or or is it we just had so much less experience so you're not you're not uh thinking about all the things you're missing when you're building it like oh, i'm just, yeah. just going to hack it together and now you're like well people are going to think this about it and people are going to try to use it like this so i need to account for this i need to account for that yeah. i need to test it and the docs need to be really good because i have to keep my image up and, and you know i don't want to release something that looks sloppy and so you're you know every aspect of it is polished yeah. to a level that didn't used to be mm. which is good for the people who i guess use your things yeah that they can that there's a consistency there to like hey when adam releases something like it is gold right and and i think you you have you guys have that image because you've put the work in and few people i've ever you know, worked with or worked nearby and watched have like taken things to the level of care that you guys do. It's really inspiring. So I think Thanks, man. that's probably, that. yeah, that's, that's, that's probably part of why it takes longer because you yeah. care more than you used to. 
But I feel you. It'd yeah. be fun to hack on something for four hours and just like click yeah. push and be done yeah. with it. It nice. is crazy how much progress you can make on like the the bulk of a problem in like such a short period of time. And it's just like the tiny things that take forever, you know? Yeah, you have like, to wrap how it many, up. How many yeah. times have you wanted to like build your own email marketing tool, like your own oh. newsletter software, you know? I've, I've done it twice. Yeah. Weekend project, you know what I mean? Yes. But then like you look at like ConvertKit, uh, 50 employees working full time, lots of bugs, lots of unhappy people because it's complicated. And, you know, and, yeah. and that's just how everything goes. But I'm sure the first version of that took five minutes too. I don't know. Yeah. I don't understand it. I'll never understand it. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> if you are listening and you feel the same way, well, welcome to the club. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is it. At every level, this is it. Well, yeah. there you go. All right. So what's what's yeah. going on? What's going so, on in Tailwind Land? We, we got you guys kind of a list on? here. We got I don't know, there's so much stuff to talk about, but I have to make some decisions about what to talk about. So I'll say the the first thing is like since the last episode we did, we released Tailwind one point eight, which was um which was cool. Uh I don't want to go and we could talk forever about it, but I'll just kind of give like the high level kind of fun stuff. We added like a dark mode feature under like an experimental feature flag. And that was like my main motivation for putting out the release, honestly, is that I wanted to get that out so people could try it, but I didn't want to like tag it, tag it because I want to make that a feature of Tailwind 2. Mm-hmm. So everyone in the know will basically have Tailwind 2.0 like way earlier than it's actually out because it will exist inside of tailwind one like that is the way we're building it i love Um, that dude it's been so good by the way like oh my god i'm never going back to like the maintaining two code base branch things like ever 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 again it's it was a little bit of an investment to like build a system where we could like enable features and disable them and you know it's a little bit more work to implement a feature in a way that like doesn't make it impossible for the old way to work simultaneously too you know but it's so much nicer to just have like one code base where it's all there um and it's totally worth the investment because now we can just like release stuff whenever so we added the dark mode thing which is pretty cool i haven't heard a ton from people using it yet honestly um so i think the experimental because i don't talk about it (laughs) are you using it no okay all right (laughs) i don't like dark mode (laughs) I, yeah. I, in fact, I have an av- like a, 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 an aversion to dark modes. I do not like. I them. don't like it as an aesthetic, really either. And the only yeah. thing I like about it, from like a real feature benefit point of view, is I like that apps on my phone go dark at night when it's dark in my room, and I'm yeah. checking something, and I don't want my wife to be woken up by this like blinding like halo coming up from like my side of the bed or whatever. For you sure, know what I mean, yes, but oh. not because I like the uh, look. Just because yeah. it, it is, yeah, whatever. People want it though, and the operating system supports it now, so it seemed like a cool thing to add. It'll be, it's like the only CSS framework that supports dark mode, you know? Oh, no, so it's cool. I love that you did nice it. Nice to be able to um, do that. You know, the, just the types of sites that I build and stuff don't, don't really. Totally. I mean, me and Steve both it. feel the same way. Steve keeps joking to me. He's like, one day I really just want to tweet dark mode is overrated. Also, <laughs> Tailwind 2.0 includes dark mode. You know, like the same. I've tweet, tweeted that but, three or four times. Um, yeah, but yeah, there's always a case for it. Like you know, if you're building, I don't know. There, there's always something. Yeah. Always something. So the only other thing that we added, really, that's like, well, a couple things. I guess they're all kind of interesting. But another simple one is the built-in purge CSS stuff now automatically preserves all 
basic HTML elements. So we won't strip any rules that contain like a P tag or a block quote or an HR. Oh, that's or, awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Just so that like when you're integrating with Markdown or like rich text in a database or something, it's just like less that you can accidentally screw up. And you can disable that if you want, but... Yeah, it makes. Is that going to look inside of a selector, or is it just only like the raw HTML styles? It'll do. It'll keep any selector that it should. So basically, the way Purge CSS works is like realistic example. You have like the Tailwind typography plugin where there's like the pros class, mm -hmm. and you can imagine the CSS is like dot pros space h1, and then like the mm -hmm. rules, right? Yeah. So. The way Purge CSS works is it understands CSS selectors from a CSS perspective, and it can say basically, okay, well, this has a class and an element. The only time these styles will ever apply is if the markup contains a, that class and that element, right? They both have to exist mm -hmm. for that rule to ever actually be active. So it'll right. only keep that rule if it finds both. So what was mm -hmm. happening before is it would see the pros class in your HTML, but because you were like feeding it Markdown, it would never see the H1. And it would be like, well, this rule only works when there's pros H1. I found pros, yeah. but I didn't find H1, so throw it away. So we basically trick Purge CSS into always finding H1, you know? So when it finds pros H1, it only has to see if the pros exists because it thinks there was an H1 there for sure, even if there wasn't. Um, so that's how that kind of works. It depends on how the CSS rule is constructed, whether it keeps it or not, but it understands how CSS works. Yeah, um, I like that. That's that's better than what I've always had to do, which is like do the whitelist children mm -hmm. thing where I feed it the class and then yeah. I mean, it's not that big of a deal, but I've always had to like specifically it, it whitelist my to have to like, markdown class. Yeah. yeah, you have to like solve it yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. Another nice. thing that we've done is like we wrote like a little custom extractor for Purge for our Tailwind blog that like takes the markdown templates converts them to html and then scans them for classes um nice. so that is like the most like most highly optimized version of it but i think what mm -hmm. we've done by default is like good enough for like everyone so that's cool and then Does the that other support like, like inline block classes uh what do you mean like how you can add classes to block level elements in markdown like, uh, like if you oh, have yeah, H2, yeah, 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 it'll uh, because all purge does is like look for the strings, right? So, um, sure. we had someone report a bug the other day, for example, they were like, um, per tailwind isn't stripping the new contents class because there's like a display contents, which is like a kind of a new CSS feature that mm -hmm. is like the way it works. What it does is like it, it, it renders its contents and and removes itself from like the CSS, if that makes sense. So, you know how, um, have you used CSS grid much? Yeah. Okay. So you know how like grid children have to be like direct children of the grid, but sometimes yes. you want to like wrap them in something to do something. Yeah. Which is a pain. So when you wrap it, it screws up the grid because now the children can't participate in the grid. But if you make the yeah. wrapper display contents, it sort of hoists the children to act as if they're part of the grid. So it basically is like, I'm just like a pass-through element. You know what I mean? I'm not uh, like a real a boundary element. It's a CSS feature, but we added a class for it in Tailwind, display contents. Yeah. So we had this class called contents anyways, and someone opened an issue saying... They're like, no matter what, I can't get this contents class to delete from my CSS. Like, why is this class in my CSS? And, uh, you know, of course, what ended up being the reason is that somewhere in their <laughs> project, they had like a button that was like, click here to display contents. You know, it's like the word <laughs> contents appears in your HTML. So it keeps the class. You know, it doesn't yeah. know to look at classes. It just knows to look at the whole file. So it's really simple, which makes it predictable. But uh, yeah, so... Um, 
So we did the purge stuff. And then we also added support for like the font variant numeric property. You know how mm -hmm. people do like tabular nums and stuff like that? I'm sure I do that all the time. Sort yeah. Of, yeah. So this yep. was like a super interesting technical challenge, actually, because it's one of those CSS properties where it supports a bunch of different things. And writing it in CSS is like a space delimited list of all the features you want to enable. It's a very you know? funky yeah, syntax. So it's the same as like transforms where you can say I want it to translate and rotate and scale. And that's not really like good for utility classes because they, we can't they set don't assemble. those. Yeah. yeah, they don't compose. So the font variant numeric is the same thing. And um, we got it working using like CSS custom properties, like CSS variables. So every single font variant numeric mm. utility sets font variant numeric to a CSS variable. And that CSS variable is a concatenated string of a bunch of other CSS variables. And so like, everything's an empty string and then it's an empty string by default. And then yep. when you when you add the class, it changes the CSS variable from an empty string to like ordinal or to like tabular nums or to like diagonal fractions or whatever. And the craziest thing that I didn't know that made this possible is that CSS variables can be an empty string. I didn't even know that. Like it make in your head you think, okay, that's like dash dash my variable colon space quote space quote semicolon, right? But that doesn't mm -hmm. make it an empty space. That makes it quote space quote. Because like CSS values don't have quotes around sure. them, right? It's like not like content, display quote, quote block. Yeah. It's just like block. So to make it an empty string, it has to be dash dash my variable colon space semicolon. That's it. So it just looks like huh. there's nothing there. But if you get rid of the space, then it's a syntax error. So there has to be a space there for it to work. Mm -hmm. And of course, what I discovered is every single CSS minifier is unaware of this feature of CSS and strips <laughs> so, those course. out. So then yeah. I had to figure out a way to like trick the minifiers into keeping it. So what I had to do is I had to make, um, what did I have to do? It's like, okay, I have to, I have to actually look at it to truly, I wanna know. To truly appreciate it myself here uh, because I don't want to get it wrong because it's like so fun. So this is what I had to do. So I had to, okay, so you know how CSS variables, you have like that var parentheses, variable name, comma, default value, parentheses, right? So you can say mm -hmm. like, use this value or default to this if that doesn't exist. So that's the secret sauce here. So I say for each variable that I want to be an empty string, I have to say var, and then I use a made up variable name, which I call dash dash tailwind dash empty, which is just like, hey, this is a variable that doesn't exist, purposely doesn't exist. And mm -hmm. then for the default value, so after that, I do empty comment space empty comment and then a closing thing so like the slash asterisk asterisk slash space slash asterisk 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 slash and the minifiers keep it because they see the space in between the comments and they treat that as like a real value um and i also had to make the comments have like the um exclamation mark in them to treat them as like important comments because otherwise minifiers will strip out the comments so by they keep the comments and keep the spaces and then that variable doesn't exist, so it falls back to the, the default, and the default is a space, and that's what makes it work. Um, and then PostCSS 8 came out today, which fixes the underlying bug that caused all these minifiers to not support that. So eventually, we'll be able to like simplify that. Um, <laughs> well, you're doing the Lord's work, and you can't hear this, but our, our listeners can. Thunderous applause for <laughs> figuring that out. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, so we did that, um, and that was like uh, 10.1.8. So... Aside from that, I have some stuff that I would like to get your input on. Um, Let's do it. Let's get so, into it. 
Yeah, we are working on these like JavaScript libraries, which uh, we've kind of talked about on Twitter and stuff, like headless component libraries for making it really easy to build fancy mm-hmm. stuff in a way that feels like you're just writing HTML is like the goal. So just like you'd write like select, option, 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 and now you have a control that magically works, we want people to be able to do the same thing for like custom selects or for like you know drop-down menus or for tabs or... Basically, we just want everything to feel like it magically works and all the keyboard accessibility works, but you can style everything. So we're making good progress on that. We're working on like the drop-down component for both React and Vue. And Robin on our team has been building those and doing an awesome job. And um, we want to release those drop-downs today. They're this week. Originally, it was going to be today, but now it's going to be this week. And um, I was struck with this idea for coming up with like a new brand to put these things under basically. Mm. So here's like the motivation for that. So we have Tailwind UI, right? Which is like yes. the commercial HTML snippets product. Um, in hindsight, I regret naming it that because it like would have been the perfect name for what we're building with these JavaScript libraries. Like there's Tailwind CSS and then there's Tailwind UI. And then there's like yeah. Tailwind component patterns is like what the current UI product could have been named, you know, something like that. Yep. So me and Steve have talked about that a bunch over the last few months, and we sort of decided, you know what, we'll just keep calling Tailwind UI, Tailwind UI, and we'll release these libraries, and we'll call them like Tailwind UI View, Tailwind UI React, Tailwind UI Alpine. And in our head, the, it's named that because they're like libraries designed to support that product. But um, I think that's a stretch, and I think it's like just going to be confusing. People see Tailwind UI React, they think it's the React version of Tailwind UI, which is not what it is at all, right? It's like yes. a React library that Tailwind UI uses. You're starting to have iPad, iPad 2, iPad 3, new iPad, new iPad, you know, and you, what? The, the naming problem is yeah. getting weird. Yeah. 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 It's uh, not great. So, mm. um I thought maybe we should name it something else. And this was like compounded by the the fact that this morning someone opened an issue on the Tailwind UI React repo that we have where Robin has been like developing the React components. Opened an issue saying, are you accepting contributions yet? I've been working on converting a bunch of the Tailwind UI components to React and was wondering if I should PR them here. And it's like, that's not what this project is at all. Please don't do that because (laughs) that's a commercial product. Um, Right. But it's just like proof that people just are going to confuse these things, right? Um, So I was trying to think like, oh, what do we call this thing? It's like headless UI libraries, renderless UI libraries. And we started trying to think of names that like played on that. And I was like Ichabod JS or like uh, Guillotine JS or like something. You know what I mean? (laughs) And um, then eventually I just thought, why don't we just call it like headless UI? because headless is kind of like a cool name on its own and kind of like explains what it is and mm-hmm. uh, stuff. So that's kind of what I'm thinking about right now. And I guess I'm just curious to get your take on that whole problem. Like, what do you think about having like releasing something new that's not really Tailwind branded? That's by mm-hmm. like the Tailwind company. Are we being dumb by like basically not like linking it at the name level to like the existing thing. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Like, should we be re- just doubling down on the existing brand or does it make sense to sort of diversify and bring in people from like a place that maybe they've never even heard of Tailwind, but they find value in this and, you know, same yeah, with like all I our f- other stuff, like heroic cons and hero patterns, you know? Um, right, right. 
I mean, it, it's nice when you can do it, but it doesn't always work. And sometimes your your naming mechanism provi- like ends up constraining you in a way that it's really, like as you're finding right now, you're constrained by your name mm-hmm. uh, and by kind of like naming debt that you've created. Uh, I've, I've been down that before with other things. I, I love Headless UI, and you showed me a, a couple of logos earlier. I I immediately think like that looks like it's a Tailwind thing because you know you're using your same logo your font, font. You've got the logo. Yeah, it looks it looks like Sugar touched this. This is from the Tailwind the Tailwind crew for sure. Uh, if you treat them like sub products of the Tailwind CSS brand, and I know you're you know you're redesigning the Tailwind site or giving it an, an update and, mm-hmm. and a refocus, and so there's opportunity. Like we would with Statomic to have Statomic add-ons, right? It's not exactly the same because they're not child products, but they kind of are. Like they're codependent, right? Yeah. You need to. They're not going to not work without Tailwind. If I know you guys, that would be silly. So it will work without Tailwind, but it's like Tailwind first. You know what I mean? It's sure, like, sure, uh, right. It'll render its own. Like it'll compile its own CSS. Like ultimately, the classes will do its job, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, like. Headless UI by Tailwind CSS. Yeah. I, that's cool. Refact, you know, you've got your, well, refactoring UI. I don't know if that's kind of like a sibling, but the uh, the Tailwind UI is a child product. So I think Headless UI, Tailwind UI could be sibling products, right? How they do you are, think about um, presenting that like on a website? Like I almost missed the like days of the web ring, you know what I mean? So I could oh, have yeah. like... I missed it so much I started one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah the, the web ring thing is so nice. I think, you know, there there are companies that do it really well, right? We were just talking about... Can you think of any? About, like this is like a thing me and Steve were trying to find an example of. Like I can picture in my head there's sites that have like that little strip at the top that's like, here's kind of our other stuff, by the way. But yeah, I couldn't like find panic. like any. Oh, right? Panic does that. Oh yeah, you just go to Panic.com. They have their transmit. Well, it's not a stripe at the top. They used to have a stripe. Uh, it was right underneath their hero, and I remember knocking it off like back in two thousand one when I was learning to design. I was like, I love this thing. I don't mm-hmm. even know how it works. I'm like copying and pasting JavaScript and trying to figure it out, like reverse engineer it. So they used to have that, but they have their products. Like we have top quality apps, and then they have transmit prompt and code editor. yeah so like rogue amoeba does the same thing like yeah. basically the exact same treatment but once you're like inside one of those like i don't know that i want someone on the tailwind site to have this like persistent tailwind labs bar at the top that's like here's like our other projects or whatever because i think tailwind css is like a big enough on its own you know right but, right i agree i think that's that's the beauty of a footer like stuff can go in the footer persistently yeah. that that is not as important as you know the, the mm-hmm. top level navigation, and you and we can have kind a little of like surface stuff within the docs too. Like, hey, you're extracting JavaScript components, and we're teaching you how to do it. By the way, yeah. like, we built this thing that makes that easier. Or... Totally, yeah. You could have a, like in your footer and like consistent across uh, all the different sites. If they're, I'm assuming they have separate sites. Yeah, you could have like the ecosystem, the Tailwind ecosystem, right? Ford uh, Laravel does this. With Forge and Envoyer and everything, yeah, uh, we kind of we kind of do that with some of our offsite stuff with Statomic. Like the Docs is a separate site, and you know V two and V one are like the old versions of you know you want to be able to still get back at that stuff. So I I think that's a totally reasonable way to go for now. At least something to consider and see how yeah. you, how it feels, right? 
Yeah, because you don't have you don't have forty things. You you have a no. like a nice little handful. There's a handful. Yeah, like I I could see it getting up to like seven to ten. You know, there's yeah. like yeah, Robocons, the Tailwind CSS, Tailwind UI, refactoring UI, headless UI. Um, yeah, there's a little bit you of could a have suite that be, of stuff for sure. You know, a list in the footer. You could have a nice little headless UI widgety thing that you you know see the Tailwind you know ecosystem bloop, it like opens up and like everything's there like all mm-hmm. you know bubbly and pretty you can have a little sound effect like yeah would be nice because that's yep. my thing um yep. i'll just snip that hey, right out of this recording right here yeah right <laughs> oh, let, me, let me give you a cleaner one there you go beautiful good to go at right at 41 <laughs> okay <laughs> um yeah that's i mean that's what i would do but yeah, I think that will work. What do you think of the uh, domain situation? So I, I noticed that someone bought headlessui.com in June. A fucking mm. of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got headlessui.dev today because that seemed like the best not .com for a developer tool. Um, I think that you- has like superseded the .io in my mind. Yeah, I um, agree. I agree. But I also wonder if we should just like not put it on a new domain and it should just be like tailwindlabs.com slash headless ui or i'm checking to see if it was me who bought it because i've been playing around with this space <laughs> i was kind of hoping that i had bought it too you know what i mean like <laughs> oh, I've, I've definitely uh i've definitely oh no it's headless.app that's what i bought oh <laughs> so it's pretty funny that uh <laughs> Like I, I didn't actually I, check. I there is a chance that I own it, but I would have expected to see like the hover splash page, right, um, right, 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 which yeah, I don't see it. Yeah. I do have so many good domains though, man. I always forget about these domains. Oh. I bought HTMLZen.Garden a little while ago, so I could do nice. like the CSS Zen Garden, but for HTML. Yeah, oh, I forgot I have this one. This is like the opposite. When I was like really on my high horse about like how writing traditional css just like turns your css into like a one megabyte file with 600 variations of gray that are all off by like one percent because you've used all these stupid sass dark and enlightened functions everywhere and all that stuff yeah i bought css gone wild.com <laughs> and i was gonna use it to like just showcase like bad css builds by like big uh, companies <laughs> yeah that is a high horse to like to <laughs> i understand uh yeah in a similar in a similar vein, I own wpexodus.com. Oh man, which was like because Genesis is like the like the big yeah. theme boilerplate yeah. for WordPress, and like let me teach you how to leave. Yeah, that's WordPress. good. You're like, that's oh. good. And then you sit on it for a couple of days, like yeah, that, that might be the ah, wrong so many approach. Good domains, man. Might be the wrong. I have approach. like advancedview.com for like my course. I've got a. Uh, what else? What's the? I have like some ones that I totally forgot about. Like I have UICasts.com. If I ever just wanted to like teach people like mm. UI development, it's pretty short. I like it. I, like I have uh, DietBadger.com because I wanted to make an app that sort of like hounded you to like log your calories, so it's kind of badgering you to like stay on. But it's also got that classic startup like word animal sort of thing. Right. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. Purple rhino. Uh, uh, ticklish octopus yeah so many good ones my favorite one is probably shamelesscomfort.com which is like when i inevitably pivot my life into running an affiliate blog that sells products for like people who are just unashamedly lazy um (laughs) where i 
So like I have I like these that. like these like glasses called like lazy readers that are like glasses with mirrors in them so you can lie on your back and read a book without having to like sit up uh, or like watch uh. TV or uh, what other shameless comfort products do I have? I can review like the best shoehorn for people who just can't bend over. The, the best ones on shoes a stick? with no yeah. laces. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think it could be big one day. Suit, suit jamas would go in there real good, right? A hundred percent. Yeah, wrinkle-free like sweat, suit jamas, sweatpants, dress yeah. pants, like all that, all that stuff. Dickies for for web for webcams, right? You just like look. You got a suit, but it only stops right about yes. like right below your pecs. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I or kinda, my favorite I like one. <laughs> I got this thing. Like I was trying to figure out what's like the easiest way to sleep on a plane. So you know they sell those like stupid neck pillows that make no sense, right? You put them yeah, behind the your worst. head, which like shoves you forward. So now like you're falling over uh it doesn't make any sense at all right so yep what i found is a thing that you take that you inflate with your mouth when you're on the plane and it mm-hmm. creates this like big like pillow with like an opening for your face like a massage table yeah and you I've just seen you, those you put it on the tray and you just like put your face put in your it. face in <laughs> and, it and, yeah and it makes so much more sense because like the, the reason you can't fall asleep is because like you have to hold your head up like that right. is like the thing that's stopping you from sleeping you need to take the weight off, off your, your neck head. Yeah, yes. 100%. So that is the you, answer. And you look like an it, ass. The only way you, like can sleep. you look so stupid, you know? But that's yeah, why but it's shameless cares? comfort, you know? Right. Just, I know. I like that. <laughs> Adam, we need we need to we need to hack on this idea. Yeah. Uh, shameless 1 comfort. hour per month. We could build it with Statimic. It would Let's be a content it. site. Dude, I already have like a an affiliate like starter kit thing that I kicked around a while ago for Amazon stuff. So, we just wire it up. Let's just do it. I so, almost, okay. Uh, yeah. So back to back on topic with the domain thing. Um, back on topic, yeah. like going through our domain list because I guess no, good ones no, no. Too. Okay, no, okay. Well, we can you go, know what? Move on. Okay, okay, okay. That could be a whole segment. Like, what's your best domain that you own that you haven't used? Which I, I like just it. did, but like we just did it. We just didn't do mine. But I have a not, I have a whole Namecheap account full of a full of domains that we didn't even look at for this. So uh, I mean, there's going to be let's, more. Let's loop back to this. Let's come um, back to this and we'll dig. We'll dig right. for some gems. So yeah. the headless UI website branding stuff um does it need a dot com you know what i mean like that's something i question a lot is like rogue amoeba mm-hmm. it's rogueamoeba.com slash audio hijack that's like the landing page for audio hijack it's panic.com slash transmit panic.com slash you know prompt panic.com slash playdate actually playdate goes to their own website so i guess you could do a combination of both right like like I'm not yeah. suggesting taking Tailwind CSS and putting it at tailwindlabs.com slash Tailwind CSS, but maybe sure. this one could be, or maybe it could be headlessui.tailwindcss.com. You know, I don't know. Could what, go the subdomain route. A lot for of sure. options here, so I guess I'm just curious on like, what's your gut take? Because I'm super conflicted, but maybe you just have like something you feel strongly about. Um. I I don't think it makes sense to put them on the tailwindcss.com, and you don't want to move that. I'd probably go with separate domain names and just have a consistent design element across all of them mm-hmm. that lets you know you're on you're you're in the tailwind web ring. Like yeah. I, I had that with Statomic at one point when we used to do more domains and like we collapsed everything. It was like back before, you know, Laravel even Laravel four was out and you had to it was just a pain to run multiple apps on like one domain, right? And so we just had like the forum was on a domain and the store was on a different subdomain. Yeah. So we had the statimic web ring, which was like a fixed abs like a position fixed element in the bottom left corner. And yeah. you would click it and it would whoop, it would slide out. And um, okay. I think 
most of the people are going to f- discover this stuff, like top down from Tailwind. Yeah, likely and, through Tailwind first. And discover it, right? Like you're, you're, the new hero area of your homepage or just below a hero is a great place to put the, the newest thing or two. And mm-hmm. then once you're on these other sites, they can cross-promote each other in all different ways. That's, yep. what I, that's probably what I would do. Okay. So the thing, I like that. But it makes me like even more sad that we didn't secure the .com before whoever else. Well, who cares about the .com though? Because again, probably most people are going to get there from your site. So yeah, what difference does the domain it, make? It doesn't really make a difference. I mean, most open source projects don't have like a .com anyway. It's like it's almost more common to see like a .org. You know what I mean? Because of this obsession that. Um, people in the public open source community have with like bureaucracy and feeling like they are <laughs> part of uh, an organization and you know <laughs> you know what I mean like right right it's like anti-capitalist sort of no dot com isn't we would we would use dot org if, if we could use um, you know dot nonprofit org we would do that uh, um, anyways I'm on a tangent now but yeah uh, yeah I guess I just wonder like I don't know. Is .dev going to be fine? Or, uh, yeah. I mean, it probably will be. We should yeah. just keep it that way. Maybe I we mean, buy you, the you see this all the time with big companies who can't secure the same exact name for like Facebook and Instagram and TikTok, right? They'll, they're different. As long as you can find them, you, got, you know where mm-hmm. to go for the link to it. You go That's to true. the Tailwind site, you click the link, you get there. They're never going to not be able to find it. So I think you just get the best yeah. domain you can what do you think by the way about just the name in terms of the fact that we are sort of piggybacking on like a, a semi-established um sort of category uh and i can't decide if that's great or bad like there's people who have written articles about like the benefits of headless ui components you know what i mean so mm-hmm. it's like those two words appear next to each other in google already but no one's decided to just like make that a brand. That's true. I can I mean, see pros and cons to it, right? Like, yeah, yeah. There's so always I'm curious what you think. More pro, more con. More, more pro because I think it accurately describes what it does, and I think just like with utility first CSS, you know, like it's it, you can't say any one person owns that you've like just done a good job of describing what it is mm-hmm. and headless describes what they are right? yeah and, and you don't want to cross over into the bootstrap territory like it's a it's not another css framework or like toolkits kind of weird um especially if you're saying you can use it without tailwind so why why try to pigeonhole it right mm-hmm yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just kind of decided like, if we like should it. come up with something clever that was like, yeah. But then I see like in React, like the the testing library everyone uses is called React Testing Library. You know what I mean? <laughs> Which is like great. People know what it is. But I think our name, the headless stuff, is is a is it's got the right combination of sounding cool even on its own, but also like being accurate. Yeah. Um, I think because. Your name is is Tailwind CSS, not Tailwind. There, yeah. if it, if you own just vanilla Tailwind, you could probably piggyback off it better. But sometimes yeah. when it doesn't, 
When it's not specifically just CSS-driven, like calling it Tailwind CSS colon something just feels long-winded. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's nothing wrong with it. We got like the company name changed from Refactoring UI Incorporated to Tailwind Labs Incorporated officially, which is cool. And we had to buy mm-hmm. that domain off a guy who was not really using it anymore. Um, so that's like a whole topic on its own too, is deciding like, We've never tweeted from that account. Like we own the account, but I've never tweeted, you know, because it's sure. like, do we want Tailwind Labs to become like a name that people recognize? Kind of like Wilderborn is the Statomic kind of parent company, right? Right. Which hasn't tweeted since 2016. Yeah. And, yeah. And is that what you, do you ever feel like, oh, I'm wasting an opportunity here for that not to be like a recognized name? Or is it like, no, it really should just be Statomic? It should be Statomic, and I'm considering actually changing the company name to Statomic. So, yeah, um, yeah. I think in that particular case, it was Wilderborn back before Statomic was like our full time jam. So yeah. we were building other apps. We've talked about Photoshoot. We, yeah, you know, I've probably tried like other consulting, things. Like God knows we did what else, like consulting work, and you can't do consulting work under your product name. That doesn't no. make sense, especially when you're not building something for the product, mm-hmm. which. We did. We we built other apps for for people for a little while there, and yeah, we need we needed a holding name, and that's all it was. It was something I could put on an invoice, an LLC. I could file my taxes under, yeah. And at this point, I could go the <clears throat> sorry, I could go the other way with it. I could collapse it into Statomic because we don't do anything else. Yeah. Or are my side projects? You know, should those go under Wilderborn? No. I've, be like all my side projects are like Jack McDade properties. Yeah. And so yep, like that's true. Yeah. Yeah. But you guys you 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 guys are a team and so you need a team name that's your company name yeah. and make multiple things. Yeah. But I still don't know if like things. we ever need to like should Tailwind Labs be like a website that people go to or should it kind of be like the website that like some people find because they're curious. Does the company who made this have a website? You know what I mean? And it's like, oh, uh, yeah, we make a couple things and it's one page. And like, mostly you should just go elsewhere though because <laughs> there's nothing on yeah. the site. I don't know what's the better, uh, better I would move. I would put something there, but I would never update it unless you launched another product. I think it would literally be like- Kind of like the Panic homepage. Of that footer stripe. What's yeah, that? like the Panic homepage sort of approach where it's like we make- tools for developers here's some of the stuff that we've made check it out and that's it you update it like once or twice a year what yeah, did, like, do you have a site no man it, it goes no. to someone else's site the guy who used to own the domain <laughs> like the okay. dns records are still pointing nick mcintyre yeah good guy yeah. by the way really uh really um easy going facilitated the great deal for us happily really friendly dude couldn't be nice. happier yeah he looks um, like he works on some like fairly technical stuff based on his GitHub profile. Yeah, yeah, he's a developer, right? So it was yeah. like uh, it was good. He was like super, like, oh, you guys are making something around like an open source thing. It's like, yeah, like we're all on the same team. I'm not using this anymore. I'll sell it to you for a fair amount of money, and everyone comes away happy. He sold us right tailwindlabs.com, .net, .co, .io, the Tailwind Labs Twitter, like everything. <laughs> Heck yes! Um, well yeah. done! Holy cow! Yeah, that's great. That's Um, very good. Yeah, maybe Uh, we should put something up there. I should change that DNS over. Maybe I'll change it like now, so like no one who listens to this podcast gets a chance to see the old site. Yeah, we can edit his name out, and he's no, 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 no. We could. He was a nice guy, right? Uh, Nick McIntyre. If you need someone who can process synchronized oscillators, because according to his GitHub, that's what he's working on in Java and JavaScript. 
Nick McIntyre. Give Nick a shout. Shout. Yeah, maybe but, I'll just. But you do might like not a, see his old site ever. A black website with the Tailwind Labs logo yeah. in the center. Flex item center, justify center. That's right. Done. Main H screen. Done. Move on. You could, we could, you could code it between now and the end of this podcast episode. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. So, do it. I think you should. I think you should just like just box out your space, even if it's just more or less placeholder. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, what's next here? I don't want to go. Uh, we could talk for more time about some of this stuff, but maybe we can uh, cover some new ground here. Is there yeah. uh, anything else you were kind of wanting to get into? Or I know we have some. We have our kind of. Uh, segmenty sort of yeah. thing our, our our unique our every episode yeah let's just get it i think we can get into that unless you wanted to talk about uh like laracon or anything which hasn't been addressed on the podcast yet no i mean the the quick recap on laracon is uh it was fine i was super stressed going up to it because i have so many more responsibilities now and um having to prepare a talk just made me so angry that i ever agreed to do it and i think it turned out good but <laughs> I just like don't know that I'm ever gonna really speak ever again. Uh, <laughs> at least that's what I'm thinking right now because it's just like every day that I had to work on that talk felt like I was getting behind on other things that felt way more important to me. And I was kind of more mostly doing it as a favor, and it was just like ah, uh, I don't know. This is I'm past that point in like my career where like that's helping me. It's not really anymore. So yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. You got I think it, it turned out good though, but. uh there's some yeah, value was, out there you can buy. If you want to watch it, you can go to Laracon.net yeah. and buy the videos. There's some good ones in there. Watch the, um, uh, what is it? Caleb's uh, Livewire Live 2.0 and the Inertia stuff. That's cool stuff. That's cool tech. The guys are doing a great job. Yeah, so, totally. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, let's, let's go into a segment this week. I'm going to throw okay. a bumper in that you can't hear, but you will in post. Fan questions. Yeah. All right. I like that. All right. We're going to answer some fan questions. We're assuming they're fans. People on Twitter, uh, we tweeted out like, hey, do you have anything you want to ask us? And so we grabbed a couple of those and we can kind of run through and uh, and answer them. Just see how this goes. In any order. In any order. Adam, you want to grab one? What do you think? Okay. First one, the most underrated book you recommend. Of course, I grabbed the one in the middle. That's like any order means, of course, grab the one in the middle. <laughs> that's right. I forced you. Forced you. You did. Like a f- magician, Jack. Like that's right. the queen of hearts. You forced me. Yes. So, all right. The underrated book is an interesting concept. Uh, I guess it would be like not popular, right? Maybe something that never hit like the New York Times bestseller list or anything like that. Or something most people haven't heard of. Uh, for me, I, I read a fair mix of sci-fi and fantasy and then like businessy stuff, right? Um, mm-hmm. Most of the business stuff I read is highly rated. Like I'm not going to read yeah, underrated sure. business books. I'm going to read uh, guaranteed to be helpful business books. Yes. So I feel like I've got nothing in that category uh, except for like maybe something really old, but was probably super popular back then. And I'll look like an idiot for saying it's, have you heard of Nathan Carnegie's book? You know, like, no, we all sure. know. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so I'll say my most underrated like fiction is this trilogy called The Song of Albion, The Song of Albion Trilogy. And I've recommended this book to a number of people over the years. It was written in the early 90s. I've read it just about every year since I was like, I don't know, 13 or so. I read the trilogy. It is it's like Celtic mythology 
someone from the current times kind of ends up falling sideways into the Celtic other world and works his way up through the ranks being like a warrior and uh, ends up like basically, well, no spoilers in case you actually want to read this. Uh, the the two worlds are like intrinsically related and pulling each other apart and he's able to like be in a position to affect both worlds. And I rec- recommended it, I think it was to Matt Stoffer and he was like, dude, uh, thank you so much. I've already reading it. I'm on my second read through and he really enjoyed the book. So that would be, it's a trilogy, really good, uh, by Stephen Lawhead. Nice. Yeah. What about That's you? That's good stuff. Uh, similar to you, I don't really have a lot of underrated recommendations, but I can say like books that I, one book in particular that I sort of expected to like, but like couldn't believe how much I liked it and look mm-hmm. forward to reading again because I've only read one so far is Masters of Doom. Have you read Masters of Doom? I've, I have the audiobook, but I haven't listened to it yet. Oh my yeah. God. You recommended it, it to me actually. It is so good. It's like the story of like how um like john carmack and john romero created doom and like id software and that whole thing and it's told in like a a very it's not told as like a boring like historical telling you know it's it, it feels like you're hearing a story and reading a story and it's like so good especially because it's like it's super technical there's like lots of really interesting technical stuff in there so like you know, you can kind of relate to it as like someone who's into tech, but, mm-hmm. um, I'm not like a huge, huge gamer guy. You know what I mean? But like, I, it's, there's enough nostalgia in there for me. That's just like, ah, and it's like a lot of very cool entrepreneurial stuff in there too. Not in like any sort of advice way, but just like, you know, like I, I kind of can picture like this life and it's like exciting to me what the story is. And it, it was just like so good. And it's, the way um i can't remember who it's read by it's read by like uh will wheaton you know, oh yeah that's on, like, right star wars yeah, or star trek star trek yeah yes. so it's like super well done like in that way and he's like super into it you can tell he's like super passionate about what he's talking about and he's and, super um, nerdy it's 12 yeah. hours long to listen to like the narrated version and yeah. it is just incredible um so good i can't wait to read it again awesome um, i will jump that up my list yeah, yeah, I so good. That's great. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll here's I'll pick the next question. Okay, uh, how to stop obsessing about perfect code? Yeah, I know. I okay. think we I think we have the same answer on. I this think one. we do. So I answered this one on Twitter very quickly, which to me is just start a business is the answer, because yep. uh, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it really is as simple as just like realizing that the code being perfect is not that important. Um, Mm-hmm. The code working perfectly and the code that users interact with and the experience that they have being as perfect as possible is important. Yep. But copying and pasting a function and t- changing one thing about it instead of trying to find the right abstraction for it, absolutely not important to change yep. that at all. Um, so I like to keep everything on like the outside clean and the stuff on the inside, I, I do try to keep clean, you know what I mean? But I, I'm not going to like... You know, when I need to fix something and get back to what I'm doing, I'm just going to fix it and get back to what I'm doing. Um, yeah. Every time you touch the code, you're not refactoring it and double guessing the variable names and the class yeah. names and like yeah. moving it to a new pattern. Nope. You just, I mean, I need to make a change. I made the change. I pushed out the change. I'm getting back to the thing mm-hmm. that I really meant to do, which was yeah. something else. 
I think that's the really important lesson is not like starting a business as a proxy for um, remind yourself like what you're really trying to accomplish. And sometimes you are trying to like the code being perfect is what you're trying to accomplish. Like when I was working on like my courses, it was really important that the code was like absolutely perfect. And I figured out like the exact right abstractions for everything because I want like the learning experience to be really inspiring and whatever. Right. But the landing pages for my courses are built in a very different way than like the contents (laughs) of the courses. 100%. 100%. You just kind of remind yourself what, make sure that the, the effort that you're putting into things is in service of like the goal that you're actually trying to achieve. Um, yeah, I agree. My battery yeah. is about to die because I don't have a power outlet in my closet. Do okay. you want to pick another question? Go for it. And I'm going to run and get my cord. All right. Let's see here. Let's I'm going to look it. through this list. Hmm. Really think about it. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe I'll cut this out. Maybe I'll leave it in. I don't know. Um, what could I talk about while Jack's not here that everyone would find funny or appreciate i can't think of anything i feel like i'm really under the gun here Mm. so we probably will just cut this out or maybe i'll leave it in because when jack listens to the episode to find out what i talked about during the period of time where he was not here he'll enjoy hearing whatever i said because it'll just feel like a new inside thing that he'll appreciate so just gonna keep waiting here and uh, keep talking. Um, Post CSS 8 was released today, and I tried it out, and uh, it broke Tailwind completely. That was right before this call. So that's been turning around in the back of my mind, but um, here's the interesting thing. I could have spent, I could have told Jack, hey, we've got to cancel the podcast. We've got to fix Tailwind. Uh, it doesn't work in Post CSS 8. And I could have worked on that. But um, instead, what I did is I messaged Andre, who develops PostCSS, and said, hey, this isn't working anymore. Do you know what I can do to fix it? And uh, after I sent him that message, I just did the podcast. And I said, it can wait. I'll wait. It'll be fine. And I just checked Twitter, and uh, he just DM'd me back and said, hey, I've fixed it and published a release. So uh, I don't know what the lesson is there other than that I could have canceled the podcast and not worked on that and um, try to fix it myself and then you wouldn't have this podcast to listen to or I could have just said eh, I'll just let it sit broken and do the podcast anyways and the outcome at the end of the day is that the bug magically fixed itself and you also get a podcast to listen to so Jack's still not back so maybe I could talk a little bit about post-CSS 8 in general because yeah, it's new and it's kind of exciting they added a new visitor API, which basically lets PostCSS plugins sort of all act on your CSS abstracts and text tree simultaneously. So the way PostCSS traditionally worked is you had like a tree of all your CSS nodes and each plugin would sort of walk that tree, the whole thing and make its changes. And then it would pass the modified tree off to the next plugin, which would walk it and make its changes. And uh, Jack's back. So, Return. hey man. Hey, I'm back and I realized the only long USB-C to USB-C cable I have, I'm already using for my audio interface, so. <laughs> what percentage do you got? What's that? What percentage do you got? I got 5%. What do you think? Okay, we'll make it. Oh my goodness. We'll make yeah, it. We'll make it. All right. Okay, next question. Um, what was your first job? Uh, cashier at a grocery store. Classic. Nice. Yeah. How old were you? 16? Yeah, I was 16 because I needed to get 
uh, the work release like card to be able to work nice. at that age. Yeah. I would bike. It was uh, called Price Chopper. It, we called it the Ghetto Chopper because it was the smaller one in town. Mm-hmm. And uh, like 11 hours a week, I think, was the legal limit. So <laughs> ride Man, my We huffy. did not have uh, labor laws like that where I live because here in Canada, where you would think that things would be even more protective, I started my first job when I was 14 at a movie okay. theater serving popcorn and concessions and stuff. 14? And I would have 14 and I would have to work till sometimes 1230 at night for the late showings during the week <laughs> when I had to go to school the next day in like grade nine. And my dad would have to come pick me up all pissed off because he had to get up for work earlier than me Wow! Um, for like six bucks an hour or whatever. And uh, yeah, that's what I did. Served popcorn and uh, eventually graduated to ripping tickets, which standing for six hours in one place in hard, crappy, cheap shoes, ripping people's oh, tickets. Yeah. Most boring experience ever um so that's what i did all right um yeah we got two more questions we don't have to get through them though but i can say then is nathan for you in your top five tv shows i've never watched it aside from a clip or two that taylor has sent me (laughs) and it just seems like (laughs) it is so funny cringe comedy that i don't know that i can even do it yeah i love it but no it's not even close it's not even close to the top top five all right, but that last that one. was that was the question. Um, top five definitely includes Cobra Kai and Ted Lasso, my two favorite. So shows that Ted right Lasso now. is top five of all time for you. I think already. I'm willing to say I'm Holy enjoying crap. it. That okay, much. I gotta watch it. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. It's that good. Um, I'll check that out. So yeah. last question: How did you manage to start successful businesses with young kids? You can go first if you like. I was going to say, you do it before they're born, uh, but that is not true for me. That's my answer. (laughs) (laughs) That wasn't wasn't it. It would help, though. It would help. Uh, So I was working like 60, 70 hours a week at a marketing agency and burning, you know, the candle at all ends. I put on a ton of weight. I got up to like 270 pounds working there, and uh, it was brutal. We were basically building expression engine websites for companies, and I burnt out. I realized I could do this myself. I, could, I was basically one man building a lot of this stuff anyway, so I just like scrounged up a couple of like possible clients and just quit. I'm like, all right, I've got ten thousand dollars worth of work lined up. Um, if as long as I can find another one before that money runs out, I'll just keep this rolling as long as I can. That's how I did it. I just scrapped it out. Uh, you you can't always start the business you want to run. You might need to start. You know, something that you can charge money for while you build the other thing on the side. And that's what I did. And it can take a while to do it that way. But that is a way to do it. Nice. How about you? I started it before I had kids. And that made it way easier. (laughs) Basically, I wrote a book while I was working at Titan, uh, which was remote. So I had more time than I would have otherwise because no commute. And um, wrote a book in three months, released the book. Book was pretty successful made like 60 grand and i thought this is the only time i'm ever going to have 60 grand and i have Mm -hmm. another idea for another product so i should just quit my job and do that product and hope that that goes well worst case scenario i get a job again at a right software case scenario you go get another job yeah because thankfully in our industry that's not that not as challenging as or risky as it would be in other industries so did that and uh yeah so basically i worked evenings and weekends for three months 
And then since then, I've just worked on stuff full time. So it's been easy because I I already worked for myself full time, like, yeah, way before kid was born. So there you go. Yep. That's the short version. Mm-hmm. We can get into business building. If you already have kids, then um, that sucks. Yeah. You got you to gotta find a way to get a, a, a runway. You got to, yeah. whether it's a contract that you know is solid or it's, you know, a recurring revenue going on the side. But yeah, it's tough because you, you there's way less cushion once you have kids. Mm-hmm. Way less cushion. Yeah. I just had one when we did it. So yeah. yeah. Super yeah. hard. I'm at 1%. Know, I'm going to call it because I want to hit right. stop recording and make sure this file doesn't get lost to the buffer. Good idea. Save. Save. Adam, we'll see you next time. All right. Well, there you go. Bye.